I want to say this is awesome. This is a long time coming because um, we were trying to organize for you to come to Beijing uh, to come to China. Then right. Yeah, and then it all kind of fell apart from there. I know. I know. So I know that would have been so dope. <laughs> it's, it's listen. It's just delayed. It will happen right. when Corona ends. I don't know when that will be, but when it ends. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about you being from Jersey, which you know what I feel like as a New Yorker, I don't give Jersey enough credit. I don't travel. Ah, to Jersey. Yeah, I never do. <laughs> I never, yeah, never do. I don't travel. That's to all right though. And you know what, my knowledge of Jersey doesn't really extend past Six Flags or the Jersey Shore. Come on! <laughs> Six Flags, that's funny. Yeah, Six Flags is definitely something I would go to all the time. And um, I mean, Jersey Shore, I mean, the show, no. The Shore, yes. <laughs> but if there's, if there's one thing that you had to tell folks about how magical Jersey is, what would you say? Um, as far as the state, I would just say we have our own genre and we have like all different types of terrain, like something that a lot of places don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we have the water, we have the beach, we have the forest, all that, you know what I mean? That's very so, true, yeah. You could like go yeah. away to Tom's River, there's like all these really beautiful forests, rivers, all that. Yeah, and then we have the farm, like we have just so many different types of like... You know what I mean? The state itself is pretty, like, diverse. But, yeah, and then we have our own dance genre. Like, you can't get any more, like, cooler than that. We have our own sound. Jersey's always had its own sound. So. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about that history of Jersey Club because it's been so amazing to watch you grow over the years. And like, oh, thank you. Even now in quarantine, you've been super busy with Digital Diva. You were uh, shooting your own music video not too long ago. Just got inducted to the Recording Academy, which is huge. Yes, I'm excited about that. <laughs> it's so huge. How, how has it felt to, to grow over the years? Um, it, feel, it felt really good. I feel like because I actually had to slow down, even though I know to a lot of people may not look like it, but <laughs> I've definitely slowed down this year and I've had the opportunity to just really soak in everything I've done and like, you know, look at what I want to do for the next 10 years of my career, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen you do a lot. Um, you know, we have a younger <laughs> generation that is still trying to discover all the new genres, and Journey, Jersey Club is one of them. For those yeah. who don't know what Jersey Club is, can you kind of give us a brief history of the genre and how you became so connected to it? Um, okay, sure. Well, like, you know, Jersey Club, it's definitely a one-of-a-kind thing but it's it has so many different ingredients from just like its surroundings like you know jersey was really big on house music so we've had a whole era full of just like the jersey sound they called it and um you know just a lot of back and forth from between like chicago and detroit so you know i just feel like jersey club has always been you know, our, my generation's take on just like, you know, dance music for the East Coast. Wow. And yeah, that's definitely as far as just like the soundscape, you know, it has like ingredients from a little bit of ballroom, definitely house and footwork, you know, mm -hmm. um, and of course, Baltimore Club too, <laughs> you know, which is like our brother, sister, 
I was um, just about to say, I always feel like Baltimore Club and Jersey Club are just related because there's so many different elements that intertwine from both of them. And like my like first introduction to Jersey Club and the Baltimore Club sound was uh, Rod Lee's Postman. Nice. Yeah, That's a good intro. Rod Lee's <laughs> Postman. Is there one Jersey Club uh, track for you or Baltimore Club track for you that you're like, this is timeless. I'll always play it in my sets. I always listen to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Samir, Dibonier, uh, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about with the horns. Damn, why can't I think of it right now? Um, um I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it. Yeah, that shit, that is timeless. I don't know why I can't, I had a whole brain fire. I can't think of the name right now, but you know, real club heads know that one is a classic. That one always gets people going up. And um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore Club, that's definitely where we got a lot of our flavor. Like DJ Tamil, super OG, um, mm. the creator of Jersey Club. He used to go back and forth to Jersey and Baltimore and, you know, just take the sound up here and introduce us to Baltimore Club. And he put his own spin on it. And, you know, after it got really popular in Newark, you know, Brick City, that's when it expanded to all over Jersey. Yeah. And it just was like contagious. Like, oh my gosh, now it's Jersey Club. Yeah, this is very true. And I feel like you being a part of that second generation of people that are carrying that Jersey Club legacy, that's huge. Let's take, yeah. that's, let's take that even a step further with the 135 Party Series and PB&J. Um, yeah. That was... That was an iconic time. That was <laughs> <laughs> me and my friends, thank you. Me and my friends always think about that. Like, damn, we really had a party at Webster Hall, like, yeah. for club music. Yeah, how did it all start? Tell us about it. Um, well, honestly, like, when I started going to the city, I was just very young, and I just used to follow my friends. I used to follow, like, Natus and Slank around in the city, like, when I was, like, barely legal, just turning legal, and then I would just go and explore parties in Brooklyn myself, and I would just come across so many kids, and, you know, um, one of those collectives was called Like That Records, so... You know, we just decided to collab. Like, they've always had my back. You know, they've helped me do seminars, like my Be Unique seminar. And they've, helped, they've like, you know, assisted me on numerous parties. So we were just like, yo, let's just throw a party together. And, um, yeah, we, we ran with Webster in the basement for a little while. And, you know, they're still doing their own thing as a label. But I decided to, you know, take a break. I toured a little bit. And then, you know, then I came back with PB&J last year. Heck yeah. And with PB&J, for folks who don't know, it was this like really beautiful party night that traveled from all the historic cities of Jersey and Baltimore. Uh, you were in Jersey, Baltimore. Uh, Philly. Yeah, and you put on these incredible nights. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember reading in your DJ Mag interview, which is incredible, the mix is good too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, you said that it was kind of hard for you guys to approach the club promoters to get them really on board with the night. Why was it so difficult? Well, I mean, well, first let me tell you a little about PB&J for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I said before, 135 was definitely the party I had at Webster Hall. And it was sick because we had New York and New Jersey. Like, that was, like, a place for, you know, both places to meet that was in the middle, like, right in the heart of New York City. And it was one of the only clubs that allowed 18 and up. Everywhere else in New York is just, like, so 21 and up. So it was the only place where you could really have, like, that youthful energy mixed with, like, everyone else 
from the walks of life of New York City. <laughs> like I've met some wild people there. So when I decided to regroup, I wanted to definitely take a different approach at this. And, you know, every time I would travel, people were like, oh, Unique, like what's Jersey like? You know, like what, like what's the party scene over there? And, you know, sometimes it has its moments where it's like really, like really fluid and like ongoing. And then it has its moments where it's super stagnant and nothing's going on. And a lot of that had to do with just like, you know, venues and, and just even the, I felt like, you know, the people throwing it, like, you know, new generations birth. So it was like up to us, you know, my second generation to like really get the parties going. So touring, I would just see all my friends in different markets, specifically EDM. And they'll do like these festivals and showcases and it'll be like, you know, Night Base Presents or Hyper House Presents. And they always look me out and they've always had me on their lineups to showcase like, you know, Unique and Jersey Club. And I always bring friends along, like, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, we're all lit now. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to have that, but for club music. And I was just like, what is something I could come up with that like represents club music as a whole, not just Jersey Club, not just Baltimore? Because they always try to separate us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like PB&J, we're like a club music sandwich. You know, Philly, Baltimore, New Jersey, PB&J. So, you know, shout out to Red Bull because they had did a United States of Base and booked all of us. And I was like, why aren't we doing this more? We need to do this every month. And yeah, so I made it happen. I just linked up with, you know, collectives from Philly and Baltimore and Shout out to Be More Than Dance. They're the ambassadors of, you know, the Baltimore chapter of PB&J, A Mello and Meek. You know, they hold me down. They run a dope dance program that's for, you know, the youth. And they throw dope dance battles and just, you know, just everything that you love about Baltimore Club, you know, like they embody it. So I had to get them on the team, you know, and after that, we just started to throw parties. I was looking at warehouses. We started off in Jersey. The Jersey party was dope. People from Baltimore and Philly came up. Then we had a party in, you know, Philly. No, we had a party in Baltimore. Then, you know, Baltimore was lit. Different flavor. Then we had the one in Philly, which was the best one because it was right in the middle. So we also had people from D.C. come. You know, like, it's, it's just dope because I feel like you really got to experience the different flavors of the club music. You know, they're not the same. You know, Baltimore has its own dances and its own, you know, different styles of kicks and horns and drums. And then Jersey Club, you know, we have our own flavor. So it felt good. It was really good for the community, too, because the dancers got to connect with new dancers and the promoters got to see new people that we booked. We always were booking new talent, like who was hot, who was buzzing in the streets. And I I wasn't even present for all of the parties. I have to give it up to my team, you know, like we definitely all took a break because of COVID. But at the time, like they were working so hard to just like make sure that this was consistent and I had meeting and, you know, we worked with Afropunk, we threw it a party for Afropunk. Um, we worked with Boiler Room. Like, it was just everything that I wanted it to be. So I'm just so grateful. And I really can't wait to bring it back full force, you know? I was going to say, like, you mentioned it being an experience and, like, 
from watching the boiler rooms and seeing all the photos and videos, it really was that like real party feel where you had dancers battling it out. You had all <laughs> music throughout the night. So I appreciate you for like really just like spearheading that movement because that's important. Thank you. Yes, and I always try to book black. You have to. Period. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Me and my fun. Me and my fun alternative black friends. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about Jersey Club and its popularity now because yeah, certainly grown so much over the years. But there was a point where I started to get a little bit scared while I was like, wow, Jersey Club, is, I feel like it's getting too big to the point where like EDM starts yeah. to come in and commercialize it a little bit. Um, and you see some of the big EDM DJs starting to play it. And I just felt like the history and the root of it all kind of got washed out in between, you know? Right. Um, did that concern you as well at one point? It did, you know, like, to, to be honest, we definitely had an era where we had been appropriated, you know, by just like fans of the genre that were already mainstream artists. And, you know, honestly, that time has, come and gone I'm so happy to see it leave because it just wasn't authentic you know what I mean and clearly like everybody who was authentic is like you know still working hard or they're finally getting you know their moment you know and I'm definitely one of those that can speak like I feel like you know for being somebody that was definitely like affected by that um you know, mentally and just like with my career, like I'm really happy to be in the position I am in now to be able to help like even just my friends that, you know, you know, felt like that discouraged them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, now it's just like, but Jersey Club is, it's out of all the genres, it's always had this viralness factor to it. Like even way back in the day, like with DJ Frosty and the whole hit it and the, you know, um, Ride That Wave, like, when I played Ride That Wave at Afropunk, it was crazy. Everybody, of course, like, we were doing the dance, but everybody already knew it. And it was just, like, you know, that viralness, like, we've had that. We've had these, like, you know, explosions where everybody's just, like, oh, everywhere you go, you just hear a Jersey Club song, you know? We had that. Let me see. I don't even remember what year Ride That Wave was, but it was definitely, like, when YouTube was a thing. And that's what really expanded our sound, because it was, like, oh, shit, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what they're doing to the dance. Like, they're doing the dances to the music. Oh, and the parties look like that. Mm -hmm. We have to get, we have to go over there. We have to, we have to book them. We want it to be like that over here. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting that again now with, like, all these new social platforms, like, with TikTok and Dub Smash. And, you know, just even, it's catching the eyes of, like, you know, people higher up, you know, like, television shows and, you know, big, big, you know, big celebrities or that you know want viral content or you know music artists that want a remix of a jersey you know they want a jersey club remix so we've always just had this viral factors because we're like too relatable like the skits <laughs> you know what i mean the skits the memes like you hear it like all the time and you see a viral video everybody's like oh like i need a unique remix and i'm just like um yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I want to remix a baby girl talking about her dog, y'all. <laughs> but that's a good respect thing. on my name. <laughs> that is a good thing, though, because then it allows you to diversify. And especially in times like this, when you're looking for other ways to 
still keep your exposure up. Yeah. You know, I was floored when I heard, I think you had a placement in one of Aquafina's episodes. I forget what the name of it was called. Yeah, it was the Do What I Want song. (laughs) When the little boy was doing whatever he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, oh shit, it's a unique track. That's crazy. Oh, thank you. That's so dope. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. So I'm I'm so happy for you. Um, Thank you. I need to ask you about this. Okay. That crazy tweet that you tweeted out <laughs> earlier in the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> too much information. I was shocked and it just generated a lot of talk on the internet. It did. It did. Wait, what did I thought? You know? Can you give people a little context into that situation? What happened? With Coachella, right? Yeah. What happened? Um, well, honestly, Coachella, like I did, a, I did an installation stage, so I played Heineken House. So a lot of people said that, you know, they have specific budgets, but in all, like, you know, I just feel like $500, it wasn't covering anything. And it's definitely a situation where, you know, I just did it for the opportunity to experience it and to just, you know, hopefully make some sort of an impact because not that many female, not that many women, um, black women have been able to play Coachella, you know what I mean? To any capacity. Um, so I just wanted to do something so that maybe a girl like me could have the opportunity to do it again or get inspired, you know, cause I was looking at, I was on Google, like who black that play Coachella, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like to even have to Google that is upsetting. It is. So I did it with motive, you know, it was definitely like, one of those, I mean, there's been tours where I haven't made money too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like people think it's like, oh my gosh, you didn't make money. Like, yo, y'all know how it is. Like, stop pump faking. And then y'all be wanting free music or free stuff. Like, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, it's just like one of those situations where I just did it. And I, and I made it count though. You know what I mean? I brought my homegirl TT the artist with me and she popped out and performed, you know, um, our, some of our mixtape club queens. Club Queens Volume 1, uh, you know, so shout out to TT for being a writer and my manager, you know what I'm saying? He definitely wrote for me. Man, like, it's definitely been a, a lot of situations like that. I know people were shocked because Coachella, but then again, you have to not be shocked because it's Coachella, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really appreciate other festivals like Afropunk. They've definitely shown me more love and been able to supply me a budget where I'm able to actually show my artistry because that's all I really want a budget for sometimes, you know, when it comes to being able to introduce myself to new fans and a new audience. Like, it's not even just about making the money to me. It's just about, you know, being able to put in and give them an experience so that they could invest in me without the festival. You know what I mean? Like, Afropunk, they gave me the they gave me they I I volunteered with Afropunk like way back okay like 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 I don't even know what year like 2014 I don't know but I was a volunteer for them and I was an artist liaison and I was like yo I'm gonna be an artist liaison because I know I'm gonna be in one of these tents like period and I was I was year after year after year and I just worked my way up I went from DJing in between like acts to you know being able to 
you know, curate my, they let me curate the Red Bull truck that they had at the time. And everybody was there knows that that shit was epic. Like they actually like had to tell us to tone down because we were like climbing on the truck, but it was mad. And, and they let me like have all my Jersey club fam. You feel me? Like legends to the newcomers. Um, and then after that, you know, I just did another set. Then I, then they had me at Atlanta and then, you know, they let me headline last year and they gave me a proper budget so I could book all my dancer friends and pay them and get them in free and, you know, just give them an experience like, yo, this is like what I do. You know what I mean? So like now y'all get to do it. And that's all I really want. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I've seen that through your career, though. You've always had this do it yourself approach, you know, like I don't feel like you have been like waiting for these big companies. If anything, these big companies are coming to you and saying, do you want to collaborate with us? So that's that's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, is it true that- I'm learning, I'm learning to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. And that's good though. That's the only way to do it. I feel like if you wait around for someone to hand you an opportunity, that day may never come. But you have always just been ahead of the curve and done it your, yourself. So that's beautiful. Aww. Thank you. Kind words. <laughs> then, yeah. Is it true that you shot, directed, and edited Seven Day Weekends by yourself? Yes, I did. <laughs> and this room, this wall. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was just trapped in the board in the house. Board in the house, man. I'm in the house board. <laughs> and yeah, I like it was it was like early in COVID, you know, so it was kind of just like sleep schedule was crazy. I was up super early. I was like, man, if I'm gonna be up right now, I might as well make some music, like make myself useful. You know, I done binged everything I could binge. And I was just looking out the window as the sun was rising, like, damn, like I miss when my weekends were weekends, like, because it's the weekend. It just feels like a black. <laughs> so that's when I came up with you know I missed those seven day weekends and you know I just wanted it to kind of be like a simple loopy you know just a house track minimal vocal something to just really give people the space to reminisce you know what I mean I feel like my tracks are always telling you what to do <laughs> or how to feel <laughs> so it was just like let me give y'all something that's just like a feeling rather than like you know let me give y'all space to feel what y'all feel yeah. on this part than just like sway you <laughs> with my vocals, with my lit Jersey Club vocals. <laughs> <laughs> um, Digital Diva has also been incredible, which you yes, thank you. A really amazing three track EP of just like ravey good tracks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You yes, you. You slayed, you slayed that mix. You've been doing big blends lately, yo. You've been doing big, big blends lately, okay? Don't sleep, y'all. I'm following you. In the morning, in the morning. She's like, this is off the wake up. <laughs> Not me, so. Just having a little fun. Um, but yes, Digital People, what is this project about? What does it mean to you? Um, well... First, I made Rave in My Room, mm -hmm. you know? So Digital Diva is the whole EP. And I know it's a single everybody loves, but first I made Rave in My Room because I was just like, I'm just going to like make music off of what's here, you know? And I was like, I was going to a couple of Zoom parties, you know? 
DJing on the Instagram live, like getting it really have my neighbors hate me. I was like, yo, I'm really like raving in my room right now. I had to rave lights. Like, so yeah, I just was like, I want to make like, I want to take a different approach with this because it feels like I'm like in the web, you know? So I was like, let me make it like real acid housey, you know, just like, just not my usual, like, you know, sounds and shout out to Splice for being an amazing company that supplies all the tools we need to just like go down a different route, you know? Cause I definitely got a lot of samples from Splice. So yeah, I was just like, you know, raving my room. I locked the door, I throw a look on, the lights is off, the bass is up, and now I'm about to turn the fuck up. And that was it, you know? I was like, let me record that. <laughs> yes, it is so good. It must, be yeah. so, it must be so interesting to live next door to you because you're probably always playing so much good music. <laughs> I mean, they hate it and they love it, but it's funny because, like, now, every, when they moved in, everybody knows I'm a DJ. So, like, sometimes my security guards ask me for mixes, and then, like, the other the other day, like, the, I was coming from a video shoot. Like, we were all just, you know, in here chilling after the video shoot, and some girls were like, yo, like... I heard y'all was lit, like, hella girls. And I'm just like, y'all want to quit my crib? Like, I was like, I'm going to go to y'all crib. So I went to their crib, and, like, I had tequila. And they are just like, yeah, like, we heard you to DJ. Play us the song that you just did a video to. I was like, what is going on? And meanwhile, I had all my friends in my apartment still. I was just like, I should just tell them to come. But, yeah, it was, yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, so I guess living next to me could be interesting. Like, I haven't had that many, I haven't had that many raised recently because, you know, COVID, but, you know, all my friends where I know that they're in the crib all day, I'm like, you could come over and play. <laughs> and we could rave in my room, you know? But, um, but yeah, so that was the first song and it was just me telling the truth. <laughs> and Digital Diva... You know, I was just listening back. Sometimes I go back and I look at my old music videos to have a key. And <laughs> I saw that video and I was like, wow, like, this is so old, like 2014, 15, unique. Mm -hmm. Talking about the internet, you know, because that's when the internet, that's when YouTube was really like a thing. And I was just like, this is still so relevant. Like, that's crazy that this is still so relevant. So Maybe I should, like, redo this, you know? Right. And I just feel like right now I, I definitely feel way more aggressive than how I felt back then. And I kind of wanted to translate the lyrics, like, just sonically into the song without having to rap the verse, you know? Because I kind of just was like, I don't really want to, like, rap the verse, like, again, like, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to like translate those lyrics sonically. So, I mean, I hope I did it. Everybody loves it. I definitely wanted to experiment with techno, you know, but in my own way, I just appreciate that everybody um, loves my risks. <laughs> Cause it's just <laughs> like me doing like whatever kind of sounds good. And I just dropped the deconstruction of it. So people could kind of, you know, tap into like, you know, my process of like what I think and I'm going to keep doing it, you know, because it's been, I got a good response. I wasn't expecting that. I'm super shy about my process. And it's kind of sacred. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had this conversation with another producer and I was like, when I see those like, you know, fact mag against the clocks or, you know, even when an artist is breaking down their track, that must be such a sacred process. Like, it must be so 
you must feel so shy letting someone into that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like our little, like, it's like showing somebody a cake you made. Right. And they're just like, yeah, like, that cake tasted mad good. Like, can you show me how to, how you made it? And it's just like, ooh, I hope I make it taste as good as it looks like. It might be like, that's what you put in it? Yeah, that's what that, that's how like that's how she produces like that's what I be buying like you know what I mean so it's just like you know I just had to be really vulnerable but I I appreciate like just everybody you know actually supporting me it's like really motivating I'm gonna do more <laughs> you know what unique project I feel doesn't get enough shine is the new classics the new classics is really great and people, people don't know People, it features like all the heavy hitters. There's like a Rod Lee collab in there, Tamil, DJ Techniques. Like, it's huge. I feel uh, like it's get more shine. I'm always playing tracks off of it. And they're like, oh, thank you. Unique. <laughs> thank you. I mean, well, you've been such a big fan of club music. You know your ish. You know what I'm saying? So, mm, you know your ish. That's why you're just like, how are people not on this? <laughs> that project was sick it was so that's a throwback of me too like i wasn't even using ableton yet i was smooth just using sony acid pro which is like so ancient yeah <laughs> and um, i just kind of wanted to show like how we got our inspiration from like all the ogs and i was like let me like remake everything you know what i mean kind of like what sweetie's doing right now you know she's taking all the classics and putting her spin on it that's what i wanted to do with that project so that was my way of doing that and i got approval from everybody too i wasn't trying to shit on it i was like yo look i'm gonna tell everybody like these are the ogs and this is like, you know, the new, you know, the new kids, you feel me? I had Mike Gip on there, free Mike Gip, I had Bless, like, you know, just DJ Faye, everybody who still makes bangers to this day, you know, um, on that project. So thank you. You've been a writer, like. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about really quickly the Recording Academy, because that's you. I'm not thank you so much. of winning a Grammy. That would be so cool. It's yeah. happened. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yes, we're manifesting it right now, this energy. I hope so. I I, I believe so. I have to shout out my manager, Mike Foz, Fazio. He's like been such a supporter, you know, throughout my journey and multiple, you know, kids just in like, you know, the club community, at least for the second generation. You know, he showed a lot of guidance. And I always just tell him, you know, what I aspire and you know, he just you know, guides me in the ways to make it happen, like very mentorship. And he was like, you know what, you need to join the recording academy, you know, like just to get some insight, get your foot in the door, explain to these people, you know, what the genre is and, you know, just get some more, you know, make it more diverse in there, you know? Um, and I also know that my friend Susie Analog is a part of the Recording Academy too, and T2 the Artist. So, you know, that's that's at least three ladies, you know, representing, you know, alternative dance music for black and POC, you know, LGBT community, you know, that we could like, you know, at least have a voice in those rooms. Cause I know that at the end of the day, like that stuff really matters when it comes to, you know, like reaching certain accolades in music for you know black people so yeah i'm really excited to be a part of that um you know i know with covid i won't be able to get the full experience just yet but i'm just happy to have my foot in the door and be able to just and you know talk to those people they were really cool i got to go to the 
building and meet with them and explain to them about Jersey Club and tell them how a lot of mainstream artists have incorporated Jersey Club either into their live shows or into their, you know, actual music like Sierra and Missy Elliott and Lizzo. And, you know, I could just go on. So I'm just really excited to you know, like make, make more history. And I, I personally, a lot of goals have changed, but if I won a Grammy, when I win a Grammy, it'll be really dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, I think that that like, it champions everything in terms of allowing other little black girls to say, Hey, I want to be able to go into production too, because while we do have this growing community of female producers for yes black girls it's still growing you know so i think that's so important that you're showing them yo you could do this too you know thank you yeah i wish i had more role models like that when i was coming up but you know sometimes you have to be the change you wish to see and um i feel like specifically for me you know i'm second generation jersey club so you know the first generation it was just tamil Tamzala, little man brick bandits you know and there was no females so i had to be the blueprint you know um to just and I kept like word I did that got out of Jersey cool mm, overseas okay dope what's next oh take people with me dope what's next yeah. so you know just like keep elevating and I see my female you know a lot of females that I looked up to in different genres just inspire me I'm always trying to research and find out more you know, and just not let history repeat itself when it comes to women in music, especially Black women in music. Like, mm -hmm. we deserve all the roses. Very true. All of them. Um, what are you looking forward to? Like, when all this craziness with COVID is just done and we can go back to being normal or new normal human beings? Yeah, music? new normal. <laughs> um, what is something that you're looking forward to the most? I think I'm definitely looking forward to feeling the energy. There's been a lot of energies we felt, you know, um, some good, some bad over the past few months. But I feel like it, the, all the energy we've been feeling is so virtual. You know what I mean? It's been very transposed through, you know, devices, you know, so I just can't wait to feel that in person. That's one thing I'm really looking forward to. And I'm really just looking forward to getting back out there and, you know, just spreading the love that I was spreading before, but maybe on a new level with a new mission, new music, of course, you feel me? And yeah, I just, I'm just ready to get out there and like get back to work. It's still so much to do. It made me analyze how I want to redo things. And it's still a lot of cool-ish happening. I can't hold you though even though it's a crisis going on. I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for the blessings. <laughs> for the coat, for the blessings during this crazy time. Like, yeah, I see you posted up on Instagram that you got 100 sales on the on the store. And yes, teasing us with a little, uh, a little snippet from some sort of million dollar bitch video that you yeah <laughs> i got that in the cut i got some videos in the cut i got a couple of projects in the cut mm -hmm. um yeah new music just about every month i've been able to release so much music this year i'm so happy i was so busy i was never able to like <laughs> fully buckle down and be like uh it was just giving projects you know but like the fact that i can release mass singles is dope and just like actually work with new producers new jersey club producers you know you i'll get to introduce people to you know some of those kids and um 
Yeah, just like restructure. It's, it's just so much coming up. I, I wish I could spill the beans, but I really can't. I really can't. Just know they're going to get new music, new visuals. They're going to, you know, make history, share our history. We're doing stuff to share our history with y'all as a whole. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to keep it creative. Keep it in the community. Perfect. I love that. If folks want to listen to your music and find out more about you, where can they find you? Um, well, you guys could definitely go to my website, uniquemusic.com. That's definitely where you can find everything, but also on Bandcamp, YouTube, check out my YouTube's definitely going to be dropping those deconstructions and just more visuals and yeah, just look me up. Two eyes, one, three. <laughs> Unique. Okay. Beautiful. I'm going to, well, I'll have to stop. The Thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast, by the way. Like I've binged, listened to like, not everyone, but a few, you know what I'm saying? Like when I'm getting ready in the morning or when I'm like, you know, running an errand, going for a walk, you know? So kudos to you on this. I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> And you're going to be my first video. So, my first video. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs>